Mike, man, what's been going on? How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I can't complain. I can't complain. I have to, I got to start. I can't not start it out this way just because I ended the question of what is the most redundant thing an agency does that you just can't stand that if they, if they stop doing that thing, their life would be that much better. Oh man, that's an interesting question. Oh, well, I've, I've got to say, uh, attaching emails to the management system seems to be a very specific redundant task that, mm. that, that kind of overloads account managers workflows that does seem like it takes a lot of time. It's a very redundant kind of mind numbing task. Um, so, so maybe that's the first thing that comes to my mind because I hear that a lot. Yeah, no, and, and it just seems like we've, I, the reason I ask is because, you know, a lot of what, you know, companies like you guys are doing at, at Indio is to kind of reduce that redundancy, right? You know, it's just, hey, the, the, we're just, we're doing so many things too many times and people are starting to just question our overall intelligence based on the number of times we're doing things, right? And I can only imagine the things that you've kind of looked at, you know, over the course of your time with Indio as to just those redundancies. And I didn't know if like it started to offend you on a personal level, like where you start to like, <laughs> I, I don't know exactly where you fit, fit with that, but I just, it, it's something that again, I, you know, coming out of that space as well, it's just, it's just something that I think we all struggle with. So I, I was curious if you had any pent up, you know, like let's lay down on the couch sort of therapy session for redundancies. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, that, that's a very specific example I gave, but on a whole, I, 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 I do uh, sit down and, and, and scratch my head often at just the amount of, of redundancy uh, around data entry that, that is done at agencies. And, and, and that's oftentimes forced upon the insured during the, the renewal process to re-enter the same data from, from last year that oftentimes the agency has already collected, you know, but they need to get a new carrier application filled out. Mm. Obviously, that's something that our, our company uh, you know, a problem our company addresses, but there is a tremendous amount of data redundancy within an agency. And I think a lot of it is due to uh, older legacy systems uh, and the fragmentation and unique re underwriting requirements of the insurance carriers. Yeah, that's a good one. So what about on the, on the consumer side? Like, where do you feel the most, most pain and sympathy for them going through that process? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it is definitely around the data collection process with, within the application and, and, and renewal cycles. Uh, if you're a, a business owner, and, and I, I am a business owner, I was a business owner uh, before I started Indio. And the reason I started Indio is because my insurance broker, uh, because I realized how inefficient the renewal process was, where each year my broker would send me a blank D&O, E&O, uh, application along with a questionnaire and I'd have to fill in the same exact information uh, year over year. Uh, and it was just, you know, a, you know, a, a kind of very manual process that didn't intelligently leverage information. And I would have to print out all these PDFs and uh, handwrite them. And so I think that, you know, the redundancy that the broker faces touches the client significantly during, you know, the insured client during the, uh, during the application and renewal cycles. It's amazing. A piece of paper has basically started an entire industry that is insure tech. So, um, cause that's the story that you hear from quite a bit of, you know, people that have founded companies very similar. It's like, ah, man, I just can't believe I have to do this and there has to be a better way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, uh, the existing workflows and consumer experience is very much the, uh, one of the founding principles of 
of InsureTech, you know, you take a company like Lemonade that's trying to redefine, you know, personal lines, homeowners insurance. And um, I, I do think a lot of it is centered around, around the consumer experience. I do think InsureTech has largely left the insurance, insurance agent and broker behind uh, in that because, uh, you know, a, a lot of companies are out there trying to replace what the agent or broker does, largely failing. Um, but, you know, the agent or broker oftentimes suffers from even more data redundancy and lack of technology than, than, than you know, than the pain that the client experiences once per year, the, the agent's going through it every month. Well, now that's an interesting statement, Mike, Where, um, which is very true. Why do you think there's that, that general assumption that the agent and broker need to be left behind? And, and where do you think those failings kind of reach their, their height of like, this, it's not working? Yeah, I think that when investors or entrepreneurs or, you know, other folks look at the space, they say this should function like the travel agent uh, in terms of, you know, where this goes in the future, which is, you know, that the travel agent kind of goes away or is brought online um, and, and, and sort of automated away. And and I think that, that it just represents a fundam- fundamental misunderstanding of the way that uh, specifically commercial insurance works, particularly as you get out of really, really small accounts into the uh, larger small business or mid-market where the policies are, are legalese. You want someone to explain it to you. Um, and, it's, and it's one of the more complex functions a business has to do. It's just simply uh, you know, not something that's going to be automated anytime soon. And, and I, I don't even think in the, in the long run, it's, it, it's still going to be very much human assisted. I think you know, there's tools that an agent can use to streamline what they're doing, but I don't, I don't think that it's something that, that can be automated, given the complexity and the personal touch that, that an individual wants. And I think if you, you've seen that, uh, you know, Carrier Direct uh, has largely taken a step back, both from a, from a market penetration standpoint, as well as just a general marketing standpoint. Carriers are, are really taking a step back on how much they're they're, they're going after their direct initiatives because their the brokers have actually gained market share on them. And then, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the companies that are insure tech companies that have tried to replace the broker or carrier, particularly in the commercial line space are very much, uh, you know, treading water and, 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 you know, they're basically just recreating a traditional business without the, without the foundational expertise. So. What do you think that threshold is? I mean, both on the on that marriage of technology and and you know that human being in, involved in the insurance process, and even for the the agent to kind of say this is this is a good threshold of business to look to acquire that is maybe above that automation line. Yeah, I don't know if there's a specific number in terms of policy size that I would point to. I would say just generally that you know I, I think a, a personal lines. Uh, high net worth is an area where the agent, I think, can, can still play for a very long time. I think, you know, small businesses, uh, you know, small business insurance out, outside of, you know, the very small BOP, uh, you know, is still an area that agents can, can own and, and can figure out ways to profitably, to profitably serve. But I do think that small business segment, whether it's working with companies like Patra or Resource Pro that aren't necessarily technology companies, uh, but are helping streamline the, uh, the service aspect of it or, or outsourcing to a carrier service center um, or utilizing online tools to easily generate a quote, the raters, et cetera. I do think that that, that small commercial space is an area where um, 
I think the agent can remain involved, but they're probably going to have to give up some of the some of the commission there. But anything bigger than that, anything specialty related, any of the ENS, any anything that might be ENS lines or anything in the mid market, I very much feel that that the, the traditional broker uh, agent is going to to retain uh, you know a, a lot you know the relationship there, and they're just going to shift to utilizing technology to assist what they do. Uh, remove some of the administrative functions and become more of a valued advisor to the to the client as opposed to a transactional middleman. Yeah, that's fascinating because I don't know if there's, uh, at least to tell me what your perspe- perception has been. There's maybe not enough of that mindset shift happening to where it's like, how can I really just aggressively add those things that's going to make me better at what I do? Yeah, and I think that I, I I agree with you, and I think that from what we've seen and and what I've seen, folks do really sit in two camps. They sit in a camp where they know it's the future. They suffer from, uh, you know, they know technology and automation is the future. They suffer from redundant tasks, like we mentioned, and they understand that there is technology out there that can help them. At the same time, you've got another camp, and they do adopt and they are forward thinking. And then you have another camp of of brokers or agents where. Um, you know, they have high retention without having to do, you know, an extraordinary amount of service. Um, or maybe they are doing a, a lot of service, but, and they're fine with sort of lower, lower growth and it being more of a lifestyle type operation, which there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with. Although I do think that, you know, that th- those folks are going to be rudely awakened when, uh, you know, they're losing business to other agents that are utilizing more modern tools with their clients or they're not getting the same type of acquisition M&A offers uh, from the roll-up shops that they might want to exit their business because their margins aren't high enough uh, because they're not using technology uh, to to streamline operations and to, you know, provide, you know, uh, raise that revenue per per headcount per employee. So, um, you know, I I do think folks sit in two different camps, but my experience has been actually a, a, a huge surprise at how many folks do sit in that first camp and are very aware of the need to, to adopt technology to help them kind of stay competitive and, and also compete with all these uh, insured tech companies that are trying to kind of replace them. Where, where, where did your head, I mean, like, what are you most excited about in this, in this sort of space as we're, it feels like we're, like you'd said, kind of maybe slowly crawling out of the, 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 the agents going to die, which was, you know, three or four years of my life. That was, you know, it was a great time. I mean, like, where, what do you think, what do you think that that conversation is going to be looking at, looking like in the future, you know, in the next couple of years as to maybe, maybe is it more of, you know, Hey, listen, you know, we, we need to start meeting each other in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's a ton I'm excited about. And I think if you looked at the, the recent IAB um, 2018 market share report, you'll see that the, in, the, the insurance agent category uh, now controls 99% of all commercial insurance uh, <laughs> premium, meaning, meaning 99% goes through the, the agent or broker. And in 2017, it was 98%. And what happened was carrier direct actually decreased. Uh, and most people would scratch their heads looking at that and say, wait a second, I thought carriers were spending all this money to go direct, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, you're making a good point. I think what you're already seeing is carriers saying, okay, you know, maybe the service center model, uh, et cetera, is sort of more where we want to go as opposed to, uh, you know, you know, really investing in direct, which is not only co- complex from kind of a, 
uh, workflow standpoint, but it's also something where, you know, they're realizing the value of value of the agent. And I do think there's going to be a, a meeting in the middle where carriers are going to open themselves up to do business uh, in a more automated fashion, but through the broker. And, and it can be as simple as a broker on their website putting, you know, uh, the ability to kind of generate a small commercial quote, um, you know, through maybe their, a couple of their carriers utilizing a platform like Indio to, uh, you know, collect all the data digitally to their, from their clients and then uh, distribute that to the carrier, taking all the administrative work off of, off of them during the application of renewal cycles. Um, I also do see a lot of agents, you know, uh, thinking about adopting Salesforce, which is, I think, an exciting thing because, um, you know, it, it really does power more organization and, and, and growth and, um, around the, the sales motion. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that, uh, I think can, can help agencies grow faster. So, um, I think that, 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 that meeting in the middle is sort of exactly where, where the industry is going, where carriers are, you know, not going to abandon their broker, broker channels. They're going to figure out ways to work with them and brokers are going to say, okay, you know, I need to adopt technology to become more, more modern and streamline operations and almost look and feel like an insured tech. Uh, by adopting platforms like Indio or others or Salesforce. Um, but I, I am not necessarily, uh, you know, going to be replaced anytime soon, if that, that makes sense. Well, right. That's the thing, you know, insure techs are, you know, some of them are just trying to start and look a little bit more like traditional brokers in a sense. And, you know, brokers are, you know, need to go. You know, so it's, it's like, we're, you know, it's like the, when you get married sort of thing, after 20 years, you start to look like your spouse sort of thing. Um, so I don't know if we're going to have that happening. That might be <laughs> a little weird, but hopefully not. Um, but no, I mean, so I, one thing that I was curious that you'd mentioned about was like, what's the one thing as you're, as, as you've kind of seen it, putting those pieces together to make that data more accessible, less redundant, like where have you hit the biggest snags? Like what has taken the biggest, um, you know, what's been the biggest roadblock and, and how can maybe we as like the agent and, you know, community kind of rally around and kind of push forward together to make those things not as much of a problem in the future? Yeah, I would say that, the, you know, uh, you know, I can give you a specific example of what, you know, of, of a number of things that have been difficult building the NBO platform. I think a lot of those, you know, are sort of things that, that are inherent in building a startup and I'm happy to go through them. But I think by and large, one of the biggest issues that we face is, uh, is a cha is change management within the insurance agency after the owner, the principals and the leads within that agency have decided, okay, Indio is a, is a great solution. It, it has a very clear ROI um, and if it's implemented effectively, it's going to, you know, dramatically change, change our business, change our client experience, make us more profitable, et cetera. I think everybody, you know, after you see a couple demos of Indio, I think everyone agrees that that is fundamentally true. One thing we've struggled with is a lot of the folks that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, you know, operate within an insurance agency do a, you know, do an amazing job, um, at operating the management system at, uh, you know, and really servicing their clients, but at the same time, they have sort of functioned within the same workflow for 30, 40 years. And it's very difficult to, to ask them to change that, um, particularly, uh, you know, if, if, if nothing's necessarily broken or obviously broken to them with that process today, and they're able to, they figured out workarounds to make things work. And uh, maybe, you know, and, and a lot of them don't, I don't, 
think really care that what they're doing might take two times as long because they're comfortable doing it. And so I think that that is one of the bigger challenges that we go through and why we have such a robust kind of training onboarding process is because we've recognized that that, that is a challenge in the space. Um, and, you know, I would say that when we onboard uh, a client, that is, it's not usually the majority of, of folks, but it is, you know, 25 to to 50% might be initially kind of resistant to anything new, even if it was, you know, the best thing in the world. Um, and so that's, that's one distinct challenge I would, I would challenge, uh, or, or one distinct challenge we face that I would encourage agency owners to, uh, to, to try to instill a culture of, of innovation and recognizing kind of the high level need to change, um, you know, because that is going to be important, uh, in my opinion, very soon from, 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 you know, not only a quantitative standpoint, but also a, a customer experience standpoint. With, with, with that change, and I hear this from, you know, different insure techs and different companies that I talk to all the time is you know, they have like this, I don't want to say unrealistic expectation, but it could border on that of just the, 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 the speed and pace somebody is willing to adopt something that is going to disrupt one of those workflows. Uh, what have you found? Have you had any success experiences um, displacing the the previous workflow? How do you kind of say, yo, listen, and you said you, you focus on the training, but like, what's the one thing that gets in and, and really makes the light bulb turn on? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So I guess at first, we certainly have clients that's, that sign up with us, expect their, their folks to all adopt it a month later. And then, you know, half of them have adopted it or 25% have adopted it. And they're, they're sitting there scratching their heads. And the reality is it does take people time to adopt a new process, particularly when you're starting the renewal process 90, 120 days out to think about changing, uh, you know, some of the core workflows there is absolutely something that, uh, you know, I think needs to, needs to, it takes a little bit of time. Um, things that we have seen is, you know, we've, we've made our platform very, very easy, simple to use such that if you want to adopt it, you get on it. And, you know, the application library is right there. You send the link to your client, client fills out all the digital applications and an email has been back completed. So, you know, it, it's very easy once you get on it. And I think making it very simple and easy to use has been a huge driver of quick adoption. And I also think that, you know, we do, we offer in-person trainings. We do, you know, kind of unlimited over the phone uh, training. We have a, a support team that's regularly available. Uh, we have helper articles and all those things have contributed to, to helping drive usage. But I think at the end of the day, the most important thing that's given us such growth uh, and adoption is that when someone uses it and they use it with the insured and the insured immediately says, man, this is a way better way of filling out applications. It's completely, you know, I will never leave you because you've made my life so easy. Um, and it's just, and it's something that, you know, dramatically just improves their experience of the process and makes them happy such that they'll refer other people, et cetera. That's when, there's sort of this network effect, spiral effect that, that takes hold where people say, wow, like that might've been a little challenging for me to do my first time or not. It honestly is very simple, but you know, the next time it's going to be a lot easier because I've learned it and my insurance loves it. And then the second they do that, they can get into a habit. So I think that that feedback loop from the insured has been a huge driver of success for us. And, and, you know, one of the other things that I also find fascinating in, in kind of this progression 
across, you know, implementing those new processes that they, they sometimes then get to a certain point and you realize, Oh, wait a second. I've, I've exceeded my limit here. Like I've run into, you know, as far as this thing, this amazing process or whatever, this, this speed, this, the speeding up of a thing can handle, uh, would it be important? Is there any sort of like kind of Phyllis, like uh, like kind of core message like that you kind of look back to saying like, let's not repeat some of the mistakes that have allowed it, you know, people to say these, well, I mean, I, I guess you're, you're, it's doing okay for you, Mike, cause you got a whole new company out of the deal. I mean, but you know, for, for, for us to get to the point where it's like, you know, where does Indio need to go to make it, to continue making it, making it easier? What, what connections need to be made? Um, from that integration standpoint, like what do you see like kind of connecting dots and, and where, where it all is maybe going to go, you know, in a couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. So I think when we started, you know, there were certain requirements that brokers had, whether that was connecting to their agency management systems, which we've done um, or, uh, you know, building the system in a certain way that makes it easy to work for them, helping automate some of their email processes, et cetera. And, uh, you know, we've largely done that, you know, we have a whole e-signature module on our system. And so I think that, you know, we've sort of, our product roadmap has largely been defined by what agents have told us. I think in the future to make it even easier to adopt, um, you know, getting this, this kind of sponsorships to the carriers, um, to, 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 to help, you know, more straight in a more streamlined way process the data that is collected on our platform. Um, I think will be big. I think, uh, you know, just building additional features that make it a lot easier to use NDO and make it, you know, an additional time savings to use it. Something we're rolling out soon is the ability to send all the applications to the insurance carriers through through our system, um, you know, at a click of a button instead of having to download a PDF and email it. Um, you know, and, and we have a number of other kind of, uh, we have a dashboard we'll be launching where an agent can see all their upcoming renewals. Um, and manage them very, very easily in our system with smart email reminders and, and other items. And so, you know, I, I think that um, in many ways, what's beautiful about our business and the insurance agent market is, you know, th they really do use us all day long for a certain workflow. And so we're constantly getting feedback on, on how to improve that and how to make their life better. And we just have to listen to that. I might be reaching for this one, Mike, but go with me. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what this, this, this might end up being, but much of the, and like you said, and maybe this is the, this is also going to be a determining factor of the size of, of the, the client, the business that we're trying to do, but, you know, in, in, in kind of continuation with the progression with, you know, pushing things forward also comes with a retraction in, you know, the amount or the space that the application itself takes up. So is there any, are you guys putting any thoughts around the idea of, you know, how do we ask less questions? I mean, a lot of that comes down from the, the, the carriers, but in a perfect world, you know, like, you know, the best application is no application, but like, what do you, what, what are your thoughts around that? Like, what is that perfect balance much like meeting in the middle? Like, have you guys started to think about that? Yeah. Yeah. And so today, you know, one of the reasons we have such traction is because we, you know, the NDO platform reuses information across applications to some, you know, a broker or the insured will never have to enter their revenue address, et cetera, across, uh, you know, year over year on renewal or across different applications or forms. Um, I do think your point is a good one, which is that the forms and applications themselves are very long. And if you talk to an underwriter, a lot of the questions used aren't necessarily used for, for rating. Um, right. And so I, 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 with that, there's also the ability to pull in 
publicly available information and not ask someone, you know, the, the square footage of their of their business space because that's publicly available online. And so I think, you know, carriers are starting to get to the point where they they can uh, they can do that. But that's something that we have on our roadmap to use publicly available data to prefill uh, applications. And and I do think that um, you know carriers will shorten their apps as uh, as they get more intelligent. I also, at the same token, do think that there's complexity around, uh, you know, that there's a lot of new emerging businesses where there's a lot of data or technology components to them where, you know, you really do kind of need to need to ask uh, a certain level of questions around data security, et cetera. So, um, you know, a lot of people processing credit card payments, things like that. So, um, you know, I definitely see that as a, as a huge opportunity and a driving force to adoption to our platform, something that makes the transaction easier. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, it, it does to a degree have to be originated by the carriers. Do you have confidence? Do you feel excited, upbeat about, you know, the fact that the carriers and everybody seem, we all, it feels like in some way, some small sliver that we all are starting to understand the importance of this um, interconnectedness and and what have you seen on your end? Do you, do you kind of get that similar response as to at least you know, we're going to move, maybe not as fast as we can, but we're at least going to maybe move and that's progress in and of itself? Yeah, I, I have tremendously positive signals from the insurance carriers that they are uh, that they are apt and willing to do things that make the agent's life easier. They're willing to go out of their way. They're, able, they're willing to finance it. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of, uh, I think there's, there's a lot to come and we're just in the very, very early innings. I think the carriers work on systems that are either proprietary or legacy. Uh, and that's what makes a lot of the innovation difficult for them around data standardization, et cetera. But, but I do think carriers will, will get there. And, um, you know, one example of this is, is we are partnered, uh, with a carrier where we can automatically send them the, the data from the applications the insurance agent picked clicks a button, but that, that data actually goes right into that insurance carrier system. And they're a large kind of top 10 uh, standard lines insurance carrier and, uh, you know, standard and specialty lines insurance carrier. And, and so that, that to me is meaningful innovation, right? If the broker can go onto a platform, collect information from the client, click a button and have that go directly into the, into the carrier system. Now, hopefully that will, you know, that's just for a couple specific lines of business. Hopefully that will be the entire experience for, 100% of submissions in, in five years, but it does require the, the carriers kind of changing some of their internal workflows. But I would say by and large, they've seemed very, very, very willing to to adopt technology and are investing a lot of money in, in it to, to make the agent channel, uh, you know, re- really make the agent channel uh, uh, better, more effective and, and, and uh, you know, able to service their clients more effectively. I got one more question for you, Mike, but before we get out of here, um, where can people reach out to you, connect more, learn more about what's going on? Where's the best place that they should do that? Yeah. So if people want to connect uh, with our company, you can go to useindio.com, U-S-E-I-N-D-I-O.com, useindio, like you're going to uh, you know, use uh, an object, useindio.com. Uh, or you can reach out to me at mike at useindio.com. All right, Mike, I ask this question in various forms that's uh, to pretty much everybody. And I'm just always curious, but we've touched upon a lot of it, uh, but I have to know, like if you had 
a holy grail for just your insurance mission, just to kind of change the industry in which you guys are doing? Like, what is it like that you just either time, whatever, where haven't you been able to get to that you can't wait to, or that you are excited to see, you know, very shortly? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of what we've talked about around the carriers. If the carriers can more easily ingest data from a third party like us, I think that that, that will that could power a lot um, in terms of the, the the viability of our platform. And I, I also think the ability for us to, to create greater interconnectivity with the agency management systems as well, I think would be would be sort of those two things would be kind of the holy grail for, for our platform today. What do you, I, I lied, this might be the last question. Do you think maybe we underestimate the potential that, that comes along with those, because we keep hearing it over and over again, right? Data, 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 let's get it right. Let's get it where it needs to be, when it needs to be sort of thing. Are we underestimating this or just are the players at hand very aware of what we're dealing with? And, and it's just, there's a reluctancy. What, what do we need to do to further that cause? Yeah, I think I think that there there's definitely a, a, a reluctancy, particularly as you know, insurance carriers trying to go direct, and they're still trying to go direct. They're trying to figure out where to invest from a technology standpoint. I think, as I mentioned, you know, a couple minutes ago, they are very much emphasizing the agent channel now, given the results of the of the direct channel. Um, so I think that 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 is you know that is something that's 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 coming forward. Um, you know, I I. I I do think that there is some natural resistance to um, anything that could disrupt business models, right? And these are profitable big companies. The large brokerages are profitable. And so I think that, like I mentioned on the, everyone from a small agent to a large insurance carrier, you know, being super thoughtful about creating a culture of innovation where, you know, you are uh, kind of objectively seeing that the value add that technology can bring as opposed to, you know, either immediately seeing it as a nuisance or a threat. 